Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service this morning, our communion service. Pleased to welcome all of you in church and those of you here at home. If you're at home and you want to join us for communion, do prepare for that at the early part of our service. I want to welcome back our convener, vacancy convener, Reverend Colin McGaw. Colin, great to see you back again with us and looking forward to hearing from you in our service. The announcements, as I've said in past week, Sunday Club and Bible class are now in full operation. So I invite you, if you're at home, to send your children along. It starts at 11 o'clock. Fresh is available from this morning, and hopefully there will be the opportunity for those of you who wish to use it. Now our harvest service, harvest service this year will be on Sunday the 26th of September. That's earlier than normal, and the minister will be the Reverend John Flaherty. The bowling club started last Thursday and continues now each Thursday night from 7.30 until 9.00. New members, of course, are always welcome. Monday, Kim and Jim in their usual spots at the usual times. And now you will recall that last week I announced the sad passing of our elder emeritus, Lily Sterling. Lily's funeral will be from church in the morning. It's at 10.30. Uh, the conditions for attendance are what we have on a normal Sunday. There's now not a limit provided we abide by social distancing. So Lily's funeral's in the morning, and of course we have sent our prayers and our sympathy to our daughters Fiona and Laura. Those are the announcements this morning. Now, Colin, I invite you to lead our service. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Thank you to Billy for his very warm welcome. Uh, once again, and uh, to be with you here in Ballycrocken, um, and not least of all for morning communion. It's, uh, it's good to see you, and it's also very good to welcome uh, members of your congregation who are at home this morning and who are joining with us through live stream. just going to approach our worship today with these words. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. So praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. We come before our God of holiness and righteousness, yet the one who reaches out to us and the whole theme of our communion service is going to be this wonderful Lord Jesus who did miraculous things and who tells us that the work that we do is to first and foremost believe in and this is what we do as those who love and serve and follow our Lord Jesus Christ. So our first praise, Alleluia, sing to Jesus. Thank you. 
Beautiful singing. Isn't it wonderful to raise our praises to the living God, who his Son sent into the world to be our Saviour, and to know that in our believing and receiving of the Lord, his Holy Spirit is with and within us all, to be our strength and our prompt, our comforter and our encouragement. So let's bow together in our prayers of adoration. Let us pray. You are the real and living God. You have created us by your wonderful almighty power. We have not created you by our imagination. You have revealed yourself in your holy word to the generations from the beginning that we may know who you are, O living God, that you are holy and righteous almighty and eternal, and yet you are loving Father, intimate and close. You know all about us. You know about our sins and failings, yet still you have sent your only begotten Son into the world, that in our stead he should take the punishment of the cross that by the blood of the Lamb of God, the sins of the world may be taken away. So in our believing, we have received you, Lord Jesus, received you consciously and committedly into our hearts and into our lives. This has not been for us some kind of a light gesture, towards the possibility of a creator, one who we will meet at the end of our lives. But we have come sincerely in faith in you and in your revealed word in Scripture, supremely through your Son, we know that the way, the truth, and the life is in Jesus, your Son, our Saviour. As those who believe, we come to you with humble and submissive hearts. We recognize that the Christian life is a calling to return again and again and again to you not to strive and to struggle, but to remain in communion with the Lord who has communion with us. We are reminded by the brother of our Lord to draw near, to draw near to God in faith and prayer, and you will draw near to us. Help us to live life this way. In those times of devotion, in those spontaneous times of prayer as we live out our daily lives, may we, O oh Lord, sense the drawing to stay close to you, knowing that you are close to us. The one who, in the words of Proverbs, sticks closer than a brother. Gracious Father, thank you for your Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you for your Holy Spirit with and within us that we may continue to be the prompted, the encouraged, and that when we do fall short of your standards by thought, speech, or deed, that we know we may return for healing, strengthening, encouragement. The Lord God, building us day by day to be more like him. So may we cooperate with you, O God, knowing ultimately that the righteous robe of Jesus is around 
all of your children that that is what you see. And we do pray that in our growing on this side of the veil, that we will do you proud as the followers of the Lord Jesus in this day and time. Bless now the reading of your holy word, that we may be further enlightened and encouraged in our walk and in our witness. For Jesus' name's sake. Amen. So on Communion Sunday, we turn to John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 25 to 40. Jesus, the bread of life. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up the last day. Amen. And we thank God for his word. Well, I really, really encourage you to read the whole chapter. When you go home this afternoon, I encourage you to sit with it. Part of it we were uh, using on Children's Day. Then there's a little part that we haven't read together, but we will be referring to in the sermon. Isn't it interesting that uh, when Jesus walks in the water, meets his disciples, that uh, this is an amazing endorsement of who he is, but there are still those beyond the twelve who are struggling to uh, see him for who he really, really is as the Son of God. And Jesus is then bringing to them this whole theme of personally being the bread of life. He had fed them with physical bread, 
They had followed him in order to have more uh, lunch and more physical bread, uh, but he is certainly calling them to understand that he is the, the bread of life. Um, take a wee note of a forensic part here that um, the crowds noticed the next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, one boat, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. So they knew that Jesus hadn't boarded the uh, boats. So the question, when did you get here, was also a bit of, how did you get here? Um, the disciples knew, Jesus knew, um, but he is simply giving to them the, the message, I am the bread of life. We come to sing again. This praise is entitled, Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. Gracious Father, as you have blessed the reading of your holy word, so now we pray that you will bless the teaching, give us discernment that we may take from this place all that is truly of your wisdom for our lives. 
May we in our preaching be faithful to your word. May we in our listening be faithful to your call. In Jesus' precious name, amen. During the summer months, including Children's and Young People's Day, we were thinking very much as to how God can do a lot with what we, in human terms, consider to be a little. Samuel's young life being trained to listen to God's word, which led to a mighty prophetic ministry, and how the Lord had multiplied a little boy's lunch on that day on a hillside when he fed 5,000 people. And of course, for our encouragement in the fellowship of the church, we therefore do not underestimate any ministry or offering, conversation or charitable act, because when God is using us by his Holy Spirit, well, there are no boundaries or limits to the rippling effects within family, among friends and colleagues, and of course, in and through the Christian church, to the wider community, society, nation, and world. The common denominator is that our hearts are for Jesus, and our trust is prayerfully and committedly in him. The one who multiplies and nurtures, protects and provides, speaks and loves us with an everlasting love. We pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the kingdom of God will not be hindered. God's kingdom in Jesus, no matter what on this earth, will be sovereign and will be drawn to God's path and ultimate conclusion. On Communion Sunday, we find ourselves in John's Gospel, chapter 6, on the next day, further up the west coast of the Sea of Galilee, from the location of the miracle of the feeding of the five thousand. They had rowed at least uh, three and a half miles before Jesus boarded the boat, miraculously walking on the surface of the lake. Uh, this was for the encouragement of the disciples who understandably the experience was so real they were terrified then our prayer is that they were so encouraged and uplifted by this wonderful happening so now we are in Capernaum well Robert Weissman had an interesting pronunciation of this word he knows because he is originally from the Jewish background uh, a Jewish gentleman who believes in Jesus with all his heart, uh, just like those originals. And many, many Jewish people today who may in some cases be called Messianic Jews or Jews for Jesus, they are men and women and children who have come to realize that Jesus is Messiah. And I think it's wonderful that Robert is able to colour in so much of the background to these Bible stories, the geography, the topography, the archaeology, as he shares with us God's Word. And that is a wonderful thing, to have someone who has committed so much of his time and life to the uh, study of Scripture and to an understanding of the background to the uh, scriptures. Of course, the disciples had the amazing experience of witnessing Jesus approaching their boat by walking on the water, which at first did terrify them, and then we presume 
absolutely exhilarated and inspired them. The kind of thing that would grab your attention, isn't it? With their aim was to get away from the crowds. Uh, they would have been disappointed if they had considered that this was going to be a, a day off because uh, many, if not most, of the people who had been fed on the mountainside uh, boarded boats from Tiberias and found Jesus and the twelve disciples. Uh, the initial question from the crowd, Rabbi, when did you get here, was genuinely pitched. Uh, and I said it was also laced with a bit of, how did you get here? And this was, uh, as I say, genuinely pitched in that they had observed that Jesus hadn't boarded with his disciples into their boat, the only boat that was on the shore. At any rate, they weren't really expecting the answer which our Lord replied with. Firstly, you are looking for me not because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So the lesson of the Lord followed. So real for us today. In a material world. Always a material world. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And praise see, Jesus is saying the same as what he also communicated in his day to humanity and down the generations. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. Get your priorities in order. Prioritize your relationship with Jesus and the things of the kingdom, and all that you need will be added onto you. Don't spend your lives in anxiety about material things or comparing with others. Jesus is saying, make your focus the kingdom of God. And I will see that everything else falls into place. Not wonderful. In a world where so many of us can be consumed by pressures and anxieties and all sorts of things, the Lord is saying, look to me, focus on me, trust me. And from a Sermon on the Mount and following verses of parables and sayings in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, Chapters 5 and 6. Here's a little bit from chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. What a wise saying. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. That's where your focus is. So make heaven, the kingdom of God, the things of God, your real treasure. And back to the other saying, all other things will be added unto you. You see, we as temporal human beings, carnal with possessions and salaries and mortgages and bills, and we have our cars, we have our homes, we have our bits and pieces, we have parties and celebrations, we need to be reminded in the busyness of all these earthly concerns, the wonderful, they are not ultimately the it of human fulfillment. You've discovered that. Many people who have striven to achieve material things in life have ultimately discovered that that is not where life 
ultimately lay in terms of its priority. Now, God understands material things. Did he not feed with human bread, uh, ordinary bread, before he gave the lesson the next day about the heavenly bread? Of course he understands that all other things need to be added onto us, but he's very much focusing us upon kingdom of God priority. And in the world in which we live today, with all the many distractions and dilutions and diversions, we need to really revisit, prioritize, reclaim this primary position of focusing upon God, Jesus, his kingdom of God calling in the world above and beyond all other things. I wonder, do we live, not least of all, in a day and age now where we need to say to some nations that absolutely prioritize the phrase, God bless us? Well, what about us blessing God and being blessable, therefore, in the Lord? Drawing near to God, but he can draw near to us. What about if in our lives we were to say, not so much, well, I can't make it to do this or that in the church, in Ballycrocken, in Helen's Bay, in the Bint, wherever, because I'm really so busy. How's about if that was turned around that some of the other commitments heard, well, actually, I have uh, committed to my uh, church in the Lord's service on that particular night. I'm really sorry, but uh, I have that commitment that night for the Lord. Increasingly giving God our focus, our time, our priority. Why? Because it's much more important to recognize and revere the giver, the maker, the blesser, than to esteem things, than to esteem things. You guys, said Jesus, to the watching crowd are all about the bread that met your physical hunger yesterday. But get this, I am the bread of life. I am personally, as God's sent son, the one who will alone bring you real life fulfillment, satisfaction, communion with God. I am the bread of life. And without recognizing and revering me, the physical, the temporal, the stuff, will be simply that, and frustratingly that. Limited to the meal, limited to the moment. But the bread that I give is soul bread, life purpose bread, kingdom of God bread. He who comes to me will never go hungry for life, meaning, or eternal security. He who believes in me will never hunger or be thirsty. You see, I am is with you. God the Son, the Messiah sent from the Father of the burning bush, the I am of that day has sent me to you. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. Seven times Jesus claimed, I am consistent with the Father to Moses at the burning bush, the triune Godhead.
Isn't it wonderful that at communion we are reminded that our physical bread is symbol and prompt to recognize Jesus, the bread of life? He knew that in our remembering we would need the physical prompts of bread and of wine. The foretaste of the heavenly banquet. The foreshadow of what is to come. The one who that day on the shore of Capernaum revealed that he had come to do the Father's will, that I shall lose none of them that he has given to me, but raise them up at that last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day. Friends, Jesus is the bread of life now and forever. His call throughout the generations, the echo into this very congregation today, to all those here, to everyone watching by live stream, to everyone who will maybe tune in in the future. Recognize him. Receive him. Revere him. Therefore, friends, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I invite all those who love him as Savior and Lord to come to his table and to share the cup, including anyone from any other denomination who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. In the words of Jesus himself, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never thirst. Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So we continue to ponder. We continue to focus and know the blessing. And as I move to the table, let's sing together the Servant King.
Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Let us therefore keep the feast. What shall we render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards us? We shall take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. We will pay our vows now unto the Lord in the presence of all his people. We turn now to the portion of Scripture where St. Paul was speaking to the early Christian church on the subject of communion. I think by so writing to the early church at Corinth and indeed to us all, he was reminding us of solemnity and celebration. He was reminding us about sincere approach, heartfelt coming to the Lord's table, not to be lighthearted, not to forget the cost. And so he was writing to one of the most charismatic early fellowships, for I receive from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat of the bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A person ought to examine themselves before eating of the bread and drinking of the cup, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment upon himself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. This is a, a very important passage for us today, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. His actual death, proclaiming the reason for his death, Proclaiming the victory that he ultimately held over death, this Lamb of God, this Savior sent into the world. Celebration and solemnity, victory, the cost of that victory. Jesus has helped us to remember and to keep remembering, and all these thousands of years, we Obey to follow him. I'd like to give you a little time of silent reflection and preparation that we should be as a people coming in the light of our own prayers, our own refreshment of dedication. And then when it comes to taking communion, please pause and we will eat and drink together. Just hold the elements. I will lead you in that. Now a time of personal preparation.
and from the personal let us stand together to profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Please stand. I believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. According to the holy institution, example, and command of our Lord Jesus Christ, and for a memorial of him, we do this, who on the same night on which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had blessed and given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Take, eat. This bread reminds us of the body of Christ which is broken for us. This do in remembrance of him. After the same manner also, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do remember the Lord until he comes again. This cup is the new covenant in the blood of Christ, which is shed unto remission of sins, drink you all of it. Lord Jesus, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to gather together around the communion table, to come personally as those who believe, who remember, who are determined to recall the cost of our salvation, and who knowing the full Easter story, within the spirit of this meal, with solemn remembrance, so we celebrate your victory over death. We remember that third day and the glorious empty tomb, your appearances to those whom you loved and called and commissioned. And as you were taken to heaven in that glorious ascension, so we know 
from your own words that you will come back the very same way that you left. Lord, we look forward to that day, but we recognize that in the meantime, your calling is for us to be a people of close communion with you and with one another in the fellowship of the church, to be hot coals together with your holy word and the fire of your truth at the center, your spirit within each and every believer, your gifting, and our growing to become more like Jesus, overcoming all those things that would hold us back. Lord, bless now your word, the word of your servant, Paul, who you revealed yourself to and brought him from a completely antagonistic attitude toward you to becoming the one who once set out to destroy, and now he is preaching that which he set out to destroy. O Lord, we hear your word. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. And we thank God for his word. Let us bow together. We pray for others, remembering them near and far. Father in heaven, we thank you that your call is outward going. You know that we need to draw close, knowing you close to us, nurturing in God's word, nurturing in fellowship with each other. It is clear from your word that that is your calling. So too, we have the commission to be outgoing, to go beyond our doors and our walls, our gates, and to be your witnesses in the world amongst all those within our sphere of any given day. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray for your wisdom as we share gently, clearly, powerfully, with everyone we meet. Lord, today in our prayers, we continue to be vexed for those who live in lands where there has been so much pain, so much overwhelming circumstance. Lord God, we think of those in Afghanistan 
who still have not found a way out. Despite ongoing efforts to reach and retrieve, we pray for those who are afraid of a new day and a new dawn because of past record. We pray, O God, that you will be with them. Be their help and their strength, their shield, their pathway of peace and salvation. For those of God who continue to mourn because of natural disasters, of fire, of flood, of earthquake, we pray, Lord God, that you will be with everyone who mourns. We pray over the ongoing rebuilding and our generosity towards those things. To be part of the rebuilding for many people in many places. Lord, we are aware that yesterday was a very significant anniversary of the appalling acts and tragedy of 9-11. The loss of multiple thousands of lives, acts that led to war and more lives lost. Lord Jesus, we remember all who mourn amidst the tragedy and the cost of war. Lord, our troubles within this land across many decades. We pray, Lord God, for those who seek to guide us and protect us. Would you fill them with wisdom in these times? Lord, be with all those who minister within health care, right across the board to all those who are ill. We are mindful today of everyone who has been laid very low in illness. We pray, Lord God, that you will be with them and with their families, be their help and their strength, their song and their shield. In a moment of silence now, we remember someone or a situation known to us in our prayers. And so together we now unite our hearts and our voices in the prayer that Jesus has taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And our closing praise, there is a Redeemer.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen.